so much for joining me. Uh, I'm Caitlin from Follow the Camino and this is Terry. Terry is, uh, is one of the stars of the Camino Skies movie which is coming out tomorrow the 8th of May in the UK and Ireland. Um, Terry has walked the Camino um, twice I believe. Sorry. Three times. Three times, Three um, times and has plenty of fascinating stories to tell. So Terry um, my first question is why did you walk the Camino three times? Well, because, and now the rules are, every now and again I, I need to stop sometimes. I can get quite emotional about this. Um, I needed to change. And uh, I had been to one of our priests about seven years ago, and he said to me, read St. James. Well, I never did. Just lazy. Oh, I mean, I picked up the Bible every now and again, and the writing's so small, I, could, I couldn't read it even with the glasses. But basically, just lazy. Then I, then I sat there one night and found a film called The Way. And I mean, everybody connected in any way with the Camino knows the film The Way. By the time I'd finished that film, I was in tears. And I remember saying to myself out loud, Terry, you are too damn lazy to read St. James. You're going to walk the way of St. James. And I talked to my wife the next day and she said, well, if that's what you want to do, go and do it. And so that's why I walked the first one and on my own and it changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. I found myself spiritually, mentally, physically fixed me up. New man. You should have seen the old one. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was. It was a life-changing experience. Absolutely. Yep. And then the second time uh, we got back from that, I met my wife in Santiago uh, at the end of the walk and we did a bit of holidaying there. And um, I booked a hotel in Santiago out by the airport by a roundabout on booking.com. Um, now what could go wrong with that? Nothing, could it? So I went looking for it on the day she was to arrive and I pulled into town on that day. Couldn't find it. Eventually, I asked at a cafe, where is this hotel? They couldn't find it. But they did find one little thing at the bottom of the bookings. It was San Diego, Chile. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. So I went looking for another hol uh, hotel. <laughs> but we ironed that out. So now I know that there are two San Diegos in the world. One in Spain and one in Chile. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. So the third Camino, I was back about eight months and I got uh, an email from uh, Fergus Grady who made the film and he said, basically he said, would you like to go back and walk the Camino again? <laughs> so I got hold of him, I said, I've just finished. <laughs> and so the short of it is, Six of us were thrown together. One of them was a son-in-law, because the, one of the first, the reason that, um, one of the reasons was that we walked as a fundraiser the first time for our granddaughter. Um, have you got that? That she died of cystic fibrosis. And uh, so we did a fundraiser for her. So the second time we walked 
in the film, my son-in-law, myself, and four others. And we were just thrown together. It was as if you walk up the street in your corner and somebody, can you walk? Yes, right, you come with us. You know, that was, that was the amount of uh, introduction we had. We arrived in St. John Piard the Port, which is the first place to kick off. And, uh, and you know, got told, well, this is Sue and this is who and this is somebody else. Okay, uh, tomorrow put your packs on and come with us. So it was interesting. It was fulfilling, but it was work. I mean, you can't expect six people that didn't know each other from a bar of soap the day before to... Um, to go and there was nothing scripted it was all off the cuff so you know it was a challenge but we met it and we all finished and we all gave each other a hug so can't do better than that <laughs> then i got back and i was still unsettled and i decided that i wanted to do it again and one of the reasons um, that i wanted to do it again was because my eldest daughter said because I pontificated back in New Zealand about how, what the Camino can do for you. And my eldest daughter turned around and said, I need the same as you've got, Dad. So I said, righto, go. She said, would you come with me? Uh, and I said, why not? So we went again. And this time in April, and it was spring, and it was one of the worst springs. This is last April. And uh, it was a dog. We got caught on the Meseta in a category orange storm, which is just one down from red. Uh, one lady in the track sat down and quietly said that we didn't see this, but we know it was starting to snow. And she just sat down in the middle of the track and said, I can't go any further. I'm not. And she got carted off in an ambulance. I ended up on antibiotics in, in a private hotel for two days. It was a dog. <laughs> But it's not always like that. That was the worst and that was unusual. So we walked it and we came home and now I'm very happy to be home. Do you believe me? I believe that, absolutely. <laughs> oh, don't you? Do you? No, you don't. <laughs> I'd go back in a heartbeat. Wow, mm. and you were actually planning on going back. You were planning on going back um, this month, we last month? Yes, we should have left on the 8th of April. Um, and we should be in the UK about now. And I wasn't going to walk it again, but I wanted to take my wife back to the places like St. John Pierre de Port, uh, Ronchevar, the monastery, um, and those sorts of places. Burgos, the cathedral, fantastic. But we were going to do it by bus. We were, we were going to cheat. We weren't going to pick up the Compostela, but I just wanted to show it where I got my faith back from, you know, where, what things affected me. So, but we'll get there one day, next year maybe. Hopefully, hopefully. Exactly. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and just, just checking all three times you walked along the French way, is that right? Yes, the Camino Francais, all three times. The first time, First time I went over Route Napoleon, which is the climb over the, uh, not through the pass, but over the so-called mountain, which is about 1,500 metres in height. It doesn't sound much, but it was that day we set out. It's a lovely sunny day, 
and it got lovelier and lovelier and lovelier. In other words, it got hotter and hotter and hotter. Somebody said that uh, knew how to measure these things, maybe they had a phone or something, it's 33 degrees. And um, by the time we were up to the top and, and made our way down five k's down the other side to the monastery, I walked in and I heard a chap shout at me from across world. He shouted something, he said, senior, and we all sort of looked around, what's, what's he at? And he was pointing at me. And he said, yes, you sit down. <laughs> and so I sat down and he came he up and he said, we, we will bring documents to you. And um, so I did the, that's where you do your most of your documents for the, for the pilgrims. He came past my bunk three times in an hour, just stuck his head in the cubicle. Yeah? And I caught up with him later that evening. And I said, oh, you uh, pointing to my eyes, you keep an eye. He says, yes, he said, we've had people die here that look as good as you. <laughs> oh dear. I was, I was shattered. I was absolutely shattered. No, I, wow. you know, for that day, I couldn't go any further. So the next time we walked with the film, we got as far as Orison, which is halfway up, it's eight k's up. We stayed the night there and then it started to snow and the Guardia was up there turning people away from the, from the mount, from the going over. And we've learned later that if you get caught up there when it's snowing and you've been told not to go over the top, it is 500 euros per person to be rescued. So you don't disobey. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so we went back down and then walked through the valley, which is almost as difficult. You know, it's a struggle too. So when I took my daughter, we walked through the valley and, uh, and walked, you know, got on you know, through Burgos and yeah, it was magic. Yeah. So uh, lots of people start, as you would know, at uh, Saria, and um, I can understand now, I was quite arrogant for a while. I used to do the um, questions and answers after the movie, the Camino Skies movie in, in New Zealand. And uh, people would say, oh, what does it take to walk? You know, I said, just commitment. Well, I've just injured my knee, and it's one that I cannot shake off. I think I'm gonna need medical help for it. And for the first time in four years of walking, I can't walk outside and down the road. Um, if this had happened on one of the Caminos, I would have had to chuck it in for a while. And it's been about a week and a half now, and uh, it just will not come right. So I can understand why people elect to do something like yours and uh, take a tour from Saria onwards. You still get the certificate? Um, and I am not, I don't look down on people that start at Saria anymore because with this knee, I couldn't have even started there. So I'm going to have to get it right by next year if I'm coming back. Yeah. Injuries can absolutely ruin your day, especially when you're trying to do a walking holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I was very arrogant about it because the first one, I robbed my ankle just out of Burgos and I walked with it. And it never really came right. But I just, we just set sail every morning and by about lunchtime, you know, I was walking okay. And then by two o'clock, you were at an hour burger and then it would come racing back. But I thought I was, you know, king of the hoop. 
um, doing that. But this knee, I I can't get 100 metres down the road. It's, you know, it, it is that, you know, crippling. So when people say, oh, yes, but I've got a bung knee on that, well, I now appreciate what they're saying. But I'll get it fixed. It'll take time, though. And we, we recommend to all of our clients that they do um, a fair amount of longish walks just to understand how they how their bodies feel on those long yes, walks. Yes, so absolutely. Did you did you do much training before? Absolutely, and I've got a little uh, got a little saying that I would uh, tell everybody. We did about twenty three theatres throughout New Zealand and talked at them each afterwards. And uh, that question came up: How much training? I said, look. Do all the training you need to, all the training you can, or don't even bother training because there are, there's something that will happen. If you do all the training in the world, you'll hurt for seven days and then you'll come right, right? If you do no training at all, you'll hurt for seven days and then you'll come right. It doesn't seem to matter. You know, I've seen people that just came straight off a boat or off a plane and, um, and struggled for seven days and then you come right. You turn. By halfway through, you turn into a machine, literally. You know, if you're still standing after, say, 150 kilometres, you're going to make it. And you just turn into a machine. You just go for it. But So, yes, you do all the training you can, but you're still going to hurt. Yeah. It's quite a big undertaking for most people, even if they have done training. It is. And funnily enough, there has been a bit of criticism from some hikers back in New Zealand because we've got some wonderful bush walks. But you can't walk up in our bush and come across a village with a couple of cafes serving beer and wine at one euro a glass at every five k's. It's not going to happen. And that's what I like about the Camino. You're only about five k's away from help or a beer or a red wine or a slice of tortilla. <laughs> and that's what's important when you're hiking. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, you've got to keep your strength up. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, something that I think is quite poignant at the moment, and you kind of touched on it earlier, and if this gets uncomfortable, please uh, feel free to stop. Um, I know a lot of people are going through some pretty big changes at the moment. People are losing their jobs um, because of coronavirus. Uh, people are losing loved ones. And a lot of people are going through a really tough time. You walked the Camino to deal with one of those such tough times. Do you think that's something that you would recommend to people who are going through a process? Absolutely. For you know several reasons. There were lots of things wrong in my life and I virtually cured them all. Um, and we walked it for Madison. And uh, a lot of people will start walking and if you're walking along and they'll cruise up behind you, most people in Bon Camino is enjoy your Camino. And if they keep going, you just say Bon Camino back to them. But invariably, they'll slow down. Now, this happens especially if you're on your own. They'll slow up and they'll walk at your pace. Maybe for an hour, they will tell you all of their problems they've ever had in their life. And that can get pretty personal. And it's like... It's 35 days, it's 800 kilometers. It's the longest confessional in the world. It just, and they just, they blurt it out as I did to other people. And then sometimes or often 
after an hour and a half of walking beside and swapping your stories as to why you're on the Camino, why you want to solve your problems, that sort of thing, then they'll say, Bon Camino, and they'll lengthen their stride and they'll disappear into the sun. <laughs> it's, it's like that. I've heard people say, oh, at the start of it, they'll say, oh, look, I'm just here for the, for the scenery and, and the walk. Oh, yeah, good, good, that's fine. And then about 100 k's out, you'll meet them again and you, you know you sort of your lives crisscross um, and you'll come across them and, and over a couple of wines they'll say you know what I thought I was here just for the sorry sadly I thought I was here just for the walk there's something else going on here and one of the reasons that I think it could be is that this walk has been there for a thousand years and it's up to about 300,000, well not, not this year it's going to be, but last year it was about 300,000 or more people walked Camino. And way back a thousand years ago, or 800 years ago, evidently it was something like 150,000 people walked there. Villagers would nominate somebody, they'd give them a staff, a pigskin for water and a blanket, and they might take up a bit of a collection. And then they would set off to San Diego to the cathedral to the tomb of St. James, and they would walk it. And, um, and I think it's because so many people have walked it, there's something very mystical about walking a path that's been walked for a thousand years. Like John Briley uh, writes the guidebook. He said, you go to a conference, three-day conference, rah, rah, you know, it's all typo and you come out of that you think wow I'm really gonna knock the pants off the next sale but it doesn't stick you know on the Camino you have you have 35 days to get your thoughts together and bring some changes into your life think cry sing if you want to I'd rather cry my singing is not good but over 35 days that's enough time for it to sink in. And if you haven't got something to sink into your brain, your heart and your soul, in 35 days, you're not gonna do it. But it gives you, see what I'm getting at? It gives you the time to get these things in place and to keep them in place. Whereas three or four days at a retreat or something or a conference and you're all hyped up, it's not enough time. But on the Camino, it is. I've seen some great changes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's not unusual for people to break down in tears. Even at a cafe, they can, you know, they can be relating to something. Yeah. It's a good, fantastic place. Sounds like a pretty incredible journey for soul as well as everything else. It is. It's a journey of the soul, of the mind, and the body. And um, you can't get better than that. And, and to be able to get all of that and a wine at one euro, well, you can't do better than that. You can't. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing that. That's really, um, really good to hear because I think we, we do hear that from a lot of our clients when they come yeah. back, that they yeah. started walking for one reason. Usually yeah. it's, you know, the challenge or it's on my bucket yeah. list. And yeah. by the time they get to the end, they 
realize that there was much more of a, a journey within themselves as well. Exactly. And, and before we go, if I can get a little plug in from a book, uh, I came back and decided to write a book on all three walks as to what it did for me. <laughs> and it's quite an edgy um, title. It's called God's Cocaine, The Addiction of the Camino. And I've already had one Catholic priest say, God's Cocaine, wow. You've got to read it to understand. It is like an addiction. It's like a drug. So it's on Kindle at the moment, but you can also get it off yourself as well. Fantastic. Yeah, it's an addiction. I mean, people just go back again and again and again. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of our clients actually sort of do they it. do the yeah. last hundred kilometers um, yeah. one year and then the next year they're back to do another section or a longer yeah. section and most of our clients are returning clients by the end of it. <laughs> About halfway through uh, the first walk I was at a cafe and it was rural and there were some cows over the other way and I was having a look at them and they were sort of looking at me and I heard an Irish voice from about two tables away it says darling if you're that desperate for company you better come and talk to us <laughs> and she was from Letterkenny and the other lady was from further up near Northern Ireland and they do that they go and I think they've finished it now but they're always a starter and the interesting part is we got on so well that I took my wife when she arrived in San Diego to meet the two Irish ladies and we stayed there for a few days and uh, when I walk the film, of course, we keep in touch. Guess who turned up? Two Irish ladies who walked with me for a week. And when I walk with Rebecca, my eldest daughter, on the third walk, guess who turned up? <laughs> the two Irish ladies. Wonderful people. Yeah. yeah. And that actually so, um, is another thing that we hear quite a lot, is that people join the, the Camino family oh, um, absolutely. and make friends. Yes, yes. And it happens just about from day one. You know, you can lean on your sticks and somebody's leaning on their sticks about five metres away from you. And you just catch their eye. And what is said is, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Bloody hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is bloody hard. And you have a conversation in just a glance. And over the next few days, uh, you, make some, you make some friends that last a lifetime. Yeah. It's wonderful. Absolutely. So I think everybody that sees us, get out there. Well, you know, we've got to wait for all this, you know, virus thing to calm down. It's, you know, worrying times. But if you are ever going to look at something to sort yourself out with, go and do the Camino. Yeah. Absolutely. And then I guess on that topic, the, the last thing I really want to ask about is um, a lot of people at the moment are having a tough time. And we've heard from a few different people that we've spoken to that doing the Camino has actually helped them through um, processing what is happening at the moment, being stuck at home, uh, things changing, and that resilience that you get on the Camino is actually applicable to life at the moment. Absolutely. Um, we've, you know, like, been locked down in New Zealand for about five weeks now, uh, it's like doing the Camino. You just get up in the morning and you start walking around the house. I mean, you don't have an option. 
you know, there's something you have to do. And the next day, you do it again. And it's just like the Camino. You get beaten to death physically every day on the Camino, and yet you get up, you put your pack on, and you start again. It's, it's a great metaphor for life. Um, and if, if people have got issues and that sort of thing, then at the first opportunity that they feel safe to get out on the Camino when it opens up again, get going. It's also one of the cheapest holidays you could do for what you get out of it. The Spanish are wonderful people, absolutely fantastic. So are the Irish. But <laughs> Fantastic. I had a, I had a, uh, about 75 k's out uh, from San Diego, about three days out, I was sitting outside in a cafe and um, just finishing my uh, handle of beer and a well-dressed gentleman, and he was talking to others in the corner of the uh, outside area, he put his hand up and he said, um, Senor, he said, uh, you, would you, you're peregrino, you know, in other words, you're walking the Camino. I said, yes, see, see, you get to a situation where you try and talk Spanish and they're trying to talk English. It's confusing. And um, he said, where did you start from? I said, uh, San John Piard. And I, I only got San John Piard. I was supposed to say, San John Piard to Port. In other words, I, 700 Ks back. He got straight up and took my beer, empty glass off, and went inside and brought it back. And I gestured for my wallet. And he said, no, no and uh, Bon Camino. It was a sign of respect, and I've never forgotten that. It, that was amazing. And when he sat down, his other, he must have said something to them. They turned around and all went, Bon Camino. That's, that's special, it's so empowering to think that somebody felt, you know, that you were worth doing that for. Oh, the other thing, it was only a dollar ten. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a thought that counted. Absolutely. Oh, great place. Fantastic. Well, I think um, all of my questions are pretty much done. Is there anything oh. else you'd like to add? Oh, look, I, we, I could go on and on forever about the Camino. It's, it's a special place. But uh, the only other thing I'd, I'd have to add is that, uh, and I'm not going to tell it because it's an involved story, but um, I came across an old Spanish gentleman and if you do your research on Terry Wilson Camino on Google, you'll find it. And um, I think I met somebody else other than an old Spanish gentleman that day. Are you with me? Absolutely. Yeah. He, was, he was very, very reassuring. And he, he had me like a puppet, that man. He was right inside my personal space. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was very, very uncanny. Yeah. So, you know, little miracles do happen. I mean, you can, you can dismiss those sorts of things but, um, as a coincidence, but uh, the one, one uh, saying I've heard that, um, you know, um, coincidence is God's cover story. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Well, thank you again so much, Terry, for joining me. Um, I think we'll finish up there. But um, as you've mentioned, you've got the, the book out, God's Cocaine, and that's on Kindle or that's online? That's on Kindle. 
Um, well, it can be bought on Kindle as in the paper form, but we printed it in New Zealand as well because we've been able to do it a bit cheaper. So um, there is a Facebook page called God's Cocaine, the Addiction of the Camino, and if people wanted to put a note on that, then I, I could pick it up and, you know, and message them and get them a copy out like that as well. Fantastic. Okay, and then there's uh, Camino Skies as well, which unfortunately is not going to be in cinemas, but it is going to be on online in the UK and Ireland from tomorrow, the 8th of May. Um, and they can see your lovely face in that as well. I can, exactly. Fantastic. Thank you again so much for sharing with me, Terry. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you very much. That's it for this Camino Talks interview. If you enjoyed it, remember to give it a thumbs up and we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment. Finally, remember to subscribe to our channel to be notified about future videos that we upload. Thanks for joining us. Buen Camino.